When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschooling moms by homeschooling moms or grandmothers, as the case may be for Karen and I. I'm Renee Mathis. I'm your co-host here with Karen Kern. Hello, Karen. How are you? Hi. I'm well. I, well, sort of well. I have a cold, but that's okay. You're drinking your tea. <laughs> okay. Um, and I get to introduce our special guest today, uh, my friend Haley Croft. And Haley and I are homeschool moms who met online on Facebook. Um, she's a book lover, so we know each other from the Close Reads group. And we've actually gotten to meet in person at Cersei Conferences. Welcome, Haley. Hi. Thank you all Hi, for Haley. having me. <laughs> it's so good to have you. Well, I think this is a cool coincidence. Your last name is Croft, which is um, in Scotland. A Croft is a little farm. Yeah. And so today we are actually going to be talking to Haley about gardening. And she is quite an accomplished gardener. If you've ever seen her pictures on Instagram, she produces and preserves amazing things. And so we thought it would be fun for you to come on and share your story with us about gardening. So why don't you just tell us a little about you and your family and and then we'll jump in and, and tell us how you got started. Sure. Um, so I'm married to Heath and we have been married for almost 22 years, but we've known each other since kindergarten. Uh, we went to the same school. He was a grade ahead of me. So I've known Heath almost my whole life and he's a pastor. We live in Mentone, Alabama, which is up in like the the corner right below Chattanooga and four miles from Georgia on Lookout Mountain in Alabama. And it's a really small town. I think we have like 350 registered voters or something, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> so, very small town. Um, we love it here. We live close to our family and we have four children. Our oldest, Micah, he's 20 and he's in college. And our next oldest is Mia. And then Madeline is 12, Mia 16, and Matthew, our youngest, is 10. And we've been homeschooling for about 12 years. And I also direct a co-op, a scole, a scole group in our, at our church called Grace and Truth. 
Wonderful. So you're you're growing all kinds of things, little, yes. little and, and other people. And that's good to hear. Well, tell us about your garden. Okay. Um. So I, you all give me so much credit. I think that I have to say I'm very much a novice at gardening, but I've been around it my entire life. Um, my grandparents on both sides they always had gardens, and my maternal grandparents were farmers as their vocation and. So my granddad, he had a garden that was massive um, and he grew enough to, you know, sell at the farmer's market and to feed our entire extended family. And so I grew up definitely like being part of that gardening process, not so much the planting and growing things, but, um, you know, he'd get us in there with the hoe and have us do it, taking care of weeds. And when it came time for harvesting, that was when, I remember really coming in to play as a child, like helping to pick green beans and corn and peas. And then my favorite part was being able to sit around with my grandmother and my aunts and all my cousins and my mom and hearing them talk to each other and cut up and laugh and and argue <laughs> and tell stories and things while we were breaking beans together and shucking corn and and everything. And then being part of like the preserving process so so I always knew a lot about that side of it the harvesting and preserving um, but I didn't know anything about getting started and tending the garden and and I wanted to especially after my granddad passed away about 15 years ago I was in my 20s and I really wished that I had learned from him while he was still living so I started trying to read about gardening and I tried a few things we did like tomatoes in five gallon buckets like the plants and you know every time we would get one little tomato my kids would pick it off <laughs> before it could grow and turn red but we had a lot of failed attempts um, at strawberries and different things and um, at the end of 2020 we moved here to Mentone and um, one of our neighbors, who was also a church member, came over um, to help unload the truck and and meet us and things. And he, we started talking about gardening. And he is probably in his 60s and had been gardening for several years. And his mom had always had a garden. And so I just mentioned uh, that I would love to learn how to garden, but I, I didn't know anything about, you know, amending your soil or like what kind of seeds were best and plotting it out and, you know, any kind of like herbicides or pesticides or whatever you would need. And he said, well, I need help in my garden. So if you want to learn, you can come and I'll teach you as we, as we work. And that ended up being just the beginning of a beautiful friendship between our families. Um, a little funny side note is after the first year of gardening together, I, one of my other hobbies is genealogy. And he mentioned his mother's maiden name. And I was like, that's my great grandmother's maiden name. And we turned out to be third cousins. <laughs> so it was more than just a picture. Wow. We actually were related. Um, that's what happens in a small town a lot. <laughs> but um, but with working with him and his wife and their grandchildren and my kids and husband being there, um, I think that it showed me that my favorite part about gardening is really the relational side of it. Um, even going all the way back to when I was a little girl, like being around my family and hearing all these stories that they're sharing as we work together 
And whenever we were um, gardening, his name is Philip. Whenever Philip and I were gardening together, you know, he we would do the same thing. We'd be out there pulling weeds and sharing stories and laughing. And, you know, he would teach me, um, you know, things that I needed to know about gardening, but also things I needed to know about life. And so um, there were just a lot of sweet moments like that. And our and his grandkids and my kids, they'd be on the slip and slide while we're working in the garden and playing together. Um, we had several fun memories. Um, our first green bean harvest. And I need to share this, prob- a picture of this on our Joel Facebook group, because the first green bean harvest we had, it filled up an entire like eight foot long table, like piled high with green beans. <laughs> <laughs> but he called me th- that morning and he said, it's supposed to start storming this week and we need to get these green beans in. So my kids and husband and I, we head over there and his wife and grandkids are there and we were racing against the storm, you know, trying to get all of the, I think we had, I think we had six rows of green beans and trying to pick them all. And the kids are all competing with each other for who can fill up the most bags and and so even with that, just like making these fun memories together, um, that's what I really loved about garden is like, it was more than just growing vegetables. It was growing relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still garden together or do you now have your own garden on your own, in your own property? Or? We still garden together. So our first year gardening was, um, I mean, I jumped in with both feet. <laughs> I think we had 85 tomato plants. And we had a total of 38 rows in our garden and it was it was a lot of work. And and then when July came and we were trying to, you know, preserve everything between what I did and Philip and then another neighbor helped to we canned 360 quarts of green beans that summer. 150 quarts of soup, 100 quarts of salsa. I mean, it was just it was a lot. The canning was um, a big undertaking. So, so that was in 2021. And then last summer we cut back drastically. <laughs> we had a much smaller garden. <laughs> we so still did, had, you, did you cut back because of the labor intensity? Uh, like I'm listening to you talk, knowing how hot it gets here in the summer. Oh, yeah. And I have a very small garden and I get so hot that there are days I just can't even be out there. Yeah. Like, I don't care. The weeds can just come because it's it's 100 degrees. Yes. Like, and humid. So so was it a labor thing or was it just just you just had way too much stuff to deal with? It was partly a labor thing. Um, in, in between the first two years, Philip's job changed and he was working less from home and more out in the, in his job required him to be away from home more. And so I knew that I was not quite ready to like be in charge of it on my own. And, and since he wasn't going to be able to help as much, then he did a lot of the physical things before, like, you know, we love to stake up everything as much as we can put a lot of metal in our garden so we do fencing for our green beans and cages around all of our tomatoes and cucumber plants so that it's more vertical and we're not having to bend over (laughs) when the dirt is much 
But another reason is because we have a lot of deer around here and they seem to not get inside the garden as much if there's a lot of metal. And so I knew I wasn't going to have as much help from him on that. I didn't want to really put up 85 tomato cages by myself. <laughs> um, so the labor was one part of it, but also just the time commitment. Um, one thing I found out my first year gardening is you really have to stay on top of it when it gets to like the end of June, all of July and first part of August, because you have to, you're gathering stuff every day. There's more to to harvest. And I like to go to the Circe conference and to <laughs> the Close Reach Retreat. And so I would be gone like a whole week for those things and come back and the weeds and insects had taken over. And um, so I was like, I just need to have a little bit smaller of a garden um, so that I can still do the other things that I love to do. And when I come back, it's not a jungle. <laughs> so do your kids work with you? Like you were talking about, you know, you're working with Philip and mm -hmm. enjoying the stories, you know, of, of your mother and aunts and everybody working. But um, how about your children? Do you make them? You know, if things have to be done, they have to be yes. done. Yes. Yeah. They really love the beginning part of gardening, planting all the seeds and and all of that is really fun for them. Um, and and they do they love the harvest time. They don't love the weeding of the garden. And that's a big part of it. So um, lots of why do we have to do this? I don't even like green beans, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's a family affair for sure. Um, so when you start. Oh, sorry. No, when you start in the spring, because that's when I that's when I get excited, right? When when it starts yeah. to get warm outside and you plant your things and everything, the garden looks so organized mm -hmm. and tidy. And then before you know it, the weeds come. Um, how do you prep your soil? Do you and do you do anything to keep the weeds away? Like do you, do you lay down that black papery stuff? We haven't. One thing that that he does is. When we, one of the things that Philip taught me is to space your rows wide enough apart that the tiller fits between them. So um, that's what we would do a lot is we would go through and just till up um, in between each of the rows. And then you just have to weed around the individual plant. So that cut down a lot on the weeding. Yeah. But this past year, our tiller uh, was out of commission. We, I don't remember what was wrong with it, but we, we had these really, really wide rows and then they were full of weeds. So it made more <laughs> weeding, <laughs> at least wow. it was a smaller garden. <laughs> oh goodness. I'm wondering about when you said how many quarts of things that you canned and, and I'm, I'm one that has oh, really yeah. sweet memories of, you know, being at my grandmother's house and, and, and watching her can things and, and also, yeah, shucking black eyed peas in the big bowls and, you know, everyone's sitting around doing that. Um, but like after 2020, weren't mason jars really hard to find? So where did you get that many quart jars? Yeah. So we were so fortunate. For one, Philip had a lot. And then my mom has always canned. So she had a lot. And, um, when I, I started, you know, I love to post our garden in on my Instagram stories so that I can go back and look at it and everything. And um, people would see that. And I had so many people call me and say, I've got boxes full of jars. If you want them, come and get them. And we had a lot of people who who donated jars to us. And 
And then especially with things like the salsa, my family eats through it so fast that I just reuse the jar. <laughs> Your salsa is the best. Oh, thank you. Yes, you've gifted me with jars and there it's gone. It's oh, just gone. I'll have right to send you some too, Renee, if you can try some. Oh, anyway, you have to give me let me know if I have the Texas approval. <laughs> I'm going to put your recipe on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah, I will. That would be fun. Um, Yeah. Any, like, did you read any books or is there anything like, do you have a go-to website or like if someone wanted to learn how to garden, what would you tell them? Where would you send them? So I love books. I wish I had some good books to reference people to, but my best advice is to find a mentor. Um, I think, you know, I had my mom and my grandmother who taught me so much about canning. And then with Philip, I brought my, I had my notes app on my phone and every little thing that he would tell me, cause he, he wasn't one to just say like, here are the instructions, but he, he'd say, you always want the rows to be four feet apart. And I'd be like, okay, hold on, let me put that in my notes, you know, and, and he would just kind of throw out little pieces of advice and we call it his manager's voice <laughs> when he he would be telling us things to do you know or what we were doing wrong and and so I I took lots of notes and I come home and I have a little notebook that I wrote everything down in like I have like a page about cucumbers where it tells you know you know what what needs to be done in a hill and planted in hills and what's planted in like ditches and I don't know. I just took a lot of notes from him, but even more like that was the main thing. But other ways of finding mentors would be like when I went to go get my tomato plants this past year, I went to the little small local um, vinegar seed thing um, that's not far from here. And there were so many other people there getting plants. And I just found myself like getting in conversation with a lot of people who've been been gardening for years and they're so generous with their advice and they would tell me, you know, oh, you don't want to plant those or if you're going to do those, you want to wait till later in the year to put those in the ground. So I think don't be afraid to like strike up conversations with people at the the seed and plant fat place, you know. <laughs> Do you grow mostly from small plants, you know, at like as you're talking about, or from seeds? Yeah. We do everything or- from seeds except for our tomatoes. Um, and Philip just said that, you know, with it's it's easier to get started with plants with tomatoes because you don't I mean, a lot of people will start their tomato seeds around this time, February, March inside yeah. the house, you know, and then do their own plants. I haven't done that yet. I thought about trying it because there's so many like heirloom varieties I'd like to try that might that are sort of hard to find as plants. We're trying that. It's well, we do hard. our peppers from plants too. Oh, you're trying it? We do. Steve oh. has a he got a grow light from Christmas and, yeah. and it's really like this blue light and he's got the little seedlings and little the little paper pot things and um and at night we can look across at the shop and see this blue glow coming oh, out you have um, to let me know how it goes yeah not, they're just they're just not really growing real well and and the beans Have they started are they coming up at all i don't know if the tomatoes are coming up at all the beans are and they look real stringy oh yeah um, we have kind of a gardening mentor at our church, and, and he told Steve, he said, I've never had luck with starting seedlings from scratch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, our little tiny garden that we had this 
fall, I guess it was a fall garden. Um, and, and it's raised bed, so we, we like that. And and we got collard greens and romaine. Oh, yum. <laughs> and spinach and broccoli. So um, carrots were no-go. Yeah. We single carrot, uh, not a single beet. Yeah, I've never had luck with carrots. Anything. Cilantro was beautiful. Cilantro and the thyme and oregano. So I want to do more herbs. Do you, oh, do you yeah. Do I want to do more herbs because we we make pickles and I make salsa and so being able to like have dill and cilantro would be great. We have um there's an Amish uh, farmers market not far from where I live and so I usually go there and get my herbs from them. But um but yeah I would love to grow my own. Mm-hmm. So when you do your canning, do you, do you do you water bath or pressure or both? Both, yeah. I like, um, so like for green beans, I think you have to pressure cook those because of botulism and stuff. Um, so yeah, I kept that canner going. We actually had three canners and we would kind of rotate them. We never had more than one going at a time just so we could watch it, you know, make sure that the pressure stayed, stayed right. We don't want to explode. <laughs> but we would have like, one going and two more on standby and just kind of keep like a little assembly line going because when you when you're canning that many in one day you know it takes you you need more than one (laughs) so how many hours would it take you to do that whole table full of beans oh man is that several days yeah yeah it would usually take a whole day just to a whole day of multiple people stringing and breaking the beans and then I have an outdoor fridge. So I'd put them all in the refrigerator and then the next day get them back out and wash them and start packing and canning. And it would it would usually take a couple of days to do all that. Yeah. Wow. So my family is tired of green beans. <laughs> They've asked to not have as many have them. They don't want them every night on the menu. So yeah. <laughs> you ever do jams and jellies yes um my grandmother has great vines so we've done great jelly um i've not grown strawberries myself but we have a lot of like you pick strawberry places up here and so we like to do strawberry freezer jam i usually do freezer jam for strawberries i've done peach jam and i water bath those yeah. And my salsa recipe, you can do it in a water bath. I pressure it because it just has pressure for like five minutes. And, um, but you can water bath it too. Right. Did you ever get into um, composting? I haven't. Um, I mean, we did when I was a kid growing up. I can remember us, you know, having a compost pile, but I haven't done that now. Do you do that? We we did. We had one and it seemed to be okay. Um, yeah. I think we're going to work it into, by the time it really kind of got up and going and it made itself what it was supposed to look like, the garden was pretty much done. Yeah. Experiment garden. So I think we're going to take that pile of compost and just work it into the soil and, um, and then start when we start in the spring, but we just did it on the ground. We found instructions for just make a pile on the ground and that way to work into it. That's how we did when I was growing up. It's like you take the stuff from your kitchen and your coffee. Yeah, room. we've had one for years going. And really, the, what comes out the bottom, it's this big black plastic thing. And we just throw everything in the top. And it comes out the bottom. I just dig in there with a shovel and pull it out. And it's dirt. Yeah. I mean, you see like bits of eggshell in there. but it. And then I just use that around my plants. 
but it's really it's really cool to see. Oh, look, I've made dirt. Yeah, I know. that's pretty cool. I like to put it on the plants. Yeah, it, it gets hot in there, and it's like, wow, stuff yeah. is. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, every now and again, because it's close to our deck, the kids will be out there going. Something doesn't smell good. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's the compost. It's not <laughs> out here. <laughs> but it, it does work. I have a friend who she has a really great compost pile and she will post pictures of stuff that voluntarily grows out of it every year. Oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll get like tomatoes growing out of my compost. Yeah. Or squash. You know, I'll throw the pumpkin in there yes. in the fall. And then in the summer, a huge pumpkin vine will be growing out of the composter and across the yard. Yeah. And then we have pumpkins. I haven't tried to grow pumpkins. We tried to grow watermelons and cantaloupe um, the first year, and the deer loved the cantaloupe. So every time that one would start to get, you know, close to being ready to be picked, we'd check it the next day and it would have a big bite out of it where a deer had <laughs> gotten into it. Um, and then the kids were the, the scavengers on the watermelons. Every, every time the watermelons would start to kind of get big, they would pick them and, and bring them to us and be like, look, we got a watermelon and cut it open. And it's, it's completely green on the inside. So, yeah. Do you use, um, natural pesticides? For you know, everything except for the green beans. Yeah. Yeah. Green beans, Japanese beetles, are really hard bad up here and so we just that's the only thing that we were able to use on them was some type of a spray i can't remember philip he he always did that but we just know to wash our green beans really well <laughs> yeah. but um last year um we used diatomaceous earth i think i'm saying that right but it's like a powder and it's an organic way of keeping pests away and it worked pretty well yeah more of our pests are like mammals <laughs> so like rabbits. yes rabbits. we have yeah. rabbits we we are pretty sure we have black bears here and one day we went to check the garden in the morning and three rows of corn were just flattened to the ground and there was some evidence of that a bear had been around so we think that a bear or either a lot of raccoons had come and destroyed our, our all of our corn <laughs> Yeah. And when I came home from the Cersei uh, um, conference last year, before I left, I had hundreds of tomatoes, but they were all green. So I was like, when I come back home, these will be ready to turn into salsa. And I came home and every tomato was gone. There was not a tomato left on the vine and there were deer tracks all through my tomatoes. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) I guess you learn not to get too attached. I know, to- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've definitely learned that gardening is uh, it's one of those things that you can make your plans, but those might be, you're not in control. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, listening to your talk is kind of like reading a Wendell Berry story. Oh, I felt that. Like when I read Wendell Berry, yeah, I, I feel, it feels familiar, you know, like it feels like where I live. And I'm so thankful for that. I love where I live. Yeah. When we, on Sunday mornings, it's not uncommon to walk into church and and there will be, you know, plastic bags of, you know, tomatoes and peppers and squash and cucumbers during gardening season where people have brought 
their surplus to share with anybody that wants it. I love them part of a membership like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any any other? I mean, you talked about having a mentor. Any other books or references to share? You know, I think. No, there, I mean, maybe very. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's actually, um, there's a farm just around the corner from where I live, Windy Hill Farm, and I met the people who work there and who own it, and and I just happened to mention Wendell Berry, and they gasped, and they said, he is the reason why we garden the way that we do, and so they started talking about how when they first read Wendell Berry's essays, they changed everything about how they run their farm, and so um, I was so excited to find some kindred spirits uh, as neighbors. But yeah, I think he is a good a good person to read. Um, I have a lot of like canning books, like the ball canning book has a lot of good recipes in it. Um, I think, you know, I really haven't. That's not really been where I've gone for resources. I have a lot of books like that, but I found it to be a lot more helpful to talk with people and and. Like it's one of those things you have to like learn by doing for me it has been. So, so looking forward to this spring's garden, what is the first thing, the first task so, when you think about your garden for next year? Yeah. Um, well, so Philip always, one of our other neighbors who has a tractor comes and tills everything up and he usually puts the garden to bed for the winter with like straw or hay or something on it. And so that gets tilled into it. And I guess that does something for the soil. There's probably people out there listening who know so much more about gardening who are like telling, you know, what that does as I'm speaking. But um, but then we we measure off our rows. And what he does, um, we put stakes at the end of each row and do a string, tie a string through them so that you can see where they're at until the plants start growing up. And it also helps us to put our seeds in a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We both care a lot about having the prettiest garden for for oh, both of us. A lot of it is about like just the aesthetic quality. Like it's so beautiful um, when everything starts coming in and having those nice neat rows and, and all weeded and pretty. And then we just start planting. We kind of stagger our planting a little bit so that everything doesn't come in at the same time. Um, but usually squash and cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers, they all go in pretty quickly. And then later, things like the peas and watermelon and cantaloupe and all. So are you dreaming about it now? Are you writing, drawing it all on paper? Yeah, I do like to draw it out. I, I was just talking with Rhonda Phillips' wife at church, and we were we were like, "Oh, are we ready for this?" You know, because it is so much work. We're like, but we, but we both are almost out of green beans, and so because we that's another part of the relational thing is we love giving it away. And the day that we moved in, Philip brought me twenty four quarts of his green beans, and he just. He gives away so generously and his extended family loves it. I I've, I think I came, I brought a whole um, like 12 pints of salsa with me to the Cersei conference one year to give away to all my friends. And 
spread the fame of the salsa throughout the land. <laughs> <laughs> Haley's salsa. Yeah. It has, yeah, it has reputation. Oh, in <laughs> fact, this past year, I had not met your son, Matt, before. And after one of the nights at the conference, um, I was introduced to him and we were just talking and he started talking about his garden and I said something about salsa. And he goes, oh, are you the salsa lady? <laughs> I told you, we yeah. opened a charter house and it's gone. <laughs> the salsa lady. Yeah, yeah. Matt Matt sent me a message today, actually. And he said, um, do we, do we, like meaning really me, yeah. do you have any luck with carrots and potatoes? And I said, no, never had luck with carrots or potatoes in the ground. But, you know, maybe you can make your own dirt and use boxes and yeah. you know try it because he has beautiful blackberry bushes and he's getting into it oh. he's, every year they add another garden box and so um he he really enjoys it that's so fun Renee, do you have any other questions before we no i'm just inspired i want like when i get my ball blue book off the shelf and <laughs> something yes Quickly. yeah yeah I'm inspired too. And, you know, I, I always lose my inspiration when it gets hot, but you know, I, know. Maybe I can just keep going and have more, more of a harvest here. Yeah. yeah. The garden's well, really exciting. The first part when you're planting, it's not as fun in July and August when you're, <laughs> when you're out there sweating. Yeah. Well, thank you for being with us. Thank you. And, for uh, yeah. Post some when after this post, you'll have to put some pictures. Oh, I will. Photos yeah. Photos on Definitely. Facebook to look at. But yeah. thank you. Thank y'all. See you later, ladies. <laughs> Bye. Here's to home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.